What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, different information, polls, news and notes, everything on the baseball side there uh, at EthosFantasyBB. If you're not on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called these days, go to SportsEthos.com and you guys get access to all of that same content. Now, I do want to remind you guys, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, August 1st, from 1 to 6 p.m., I am going to be doing a live trade deadline show. By the time you guys are hearing this, there will be a YouTube page that is set up. I'm going to tweet out a link to that as well. We're going to be live on YouTube, going to be live on Twitter. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. There's more than 20 different analysts who are going to be coming on throughout the day to talk about the different trades. that will, We'll talk about the trades that have happened even today and then over the last week, but specifically about what's going on during the trade deadline because that's where we're going to have a lot of last-minute moves. We're going to have people switching places, closer jobs opening up, lineup spots opening up, and we're going to have a bunch of the best people in the industry here uh, to talk about it. So we're going to be doing that Tuesday. Like I said, by the time you guys are hearing this, it will be set up, and just go to my Twitter account at JoeRico99, and you'll be able to find the link to that, or just go to Sports Ethos uh, on YouTube, and you'll be able to find it there as well. But we're going to be talking about a little bit of news today. There was a trade. We're going to be talking about a couple of trades, one from last night, one from this afternoon, late this morning, early this afternoon, and that's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn has been traded along with Joe Kelly to the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is really good. I really like this trade from a number of perspectives, from the Dodgers, well, mostly just from the Dodgers and from Lance Lynn's perspective. For the White Sox, it's, you know, they're just tearing it all down. They're rebuilding. They're trading everybody over these last couple of days. But for Lance Lynn, I think this gives him an opportunity to have a new life this season. I've been banging the drum that he's not been nearly as bad as the results have been. He's been unlucky. You can see that through a number of metrics, through his Babbitt, through his left-on-base percentage, through the different pitching indicators we have to look at, specifically his XFIP and his Sierra. He's been unlucky. He hasn't gotten the shake that he's deserved so far. And I think that you go to a different organization, one that is known for turning around pitchers, for revitalizing pitchers like Los Angeles is, and combined with, you know, a better team in general, more win opportunities, better pitching coaches, better staff. Overall, I think it'll rejuvenate Lance Lynn. Now, I've been waiting, and we've seen kind of, you know, little splashes of it here and there of Lance Lynn being really, really good this season. He had that 16-strikeout start against San Francisco. A few weeks later, or a couple weeks later, he had that 7-inning, 11-strikeout uh, shutout against Pittsburgh. He's done very well in certain outings this year, but there's also been some really, really bad ones. So I am really just maybe not wish casting is the right word here. But I think when you look at the metrics, especially like I mentioned, those pitching indicators, the left on base percentage, the fact that he still has a very good 27% strikeout rate, you're not finding those combination of metrics on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. 392 Sierra, 27% strikeout rate, you know, a FIP that's fairly reasonable, an XFIP that's fairly reasonable at 402. Uh, you know, he's given up way too many home runs this season. That's been the, the huge thing for Lance Lynn. But I do think that he has been the victim of some bad luck. So what I tweeted out earlier today, I planted my flag again on this matter. Go out there and add Lance Lynn if he was dropped in your league. He's gone from 63 to 59% over on Yahoo. People will say that these numbers don't matter, that roster percentage is random, whatever. Uh, you hear all kinds of arguments. It means he's getting dropped. Long story short, it means Lance Lynn is getting dropped in different leagues. Now, if I'm being – let me see if I can specifically get a number for you here. 
about how many leagues he was dropped in, and I might be able to find it here on Yahoo. Just give me one second. I should be able to. So just today, he was dropped in almost 1,000 leagues. He was added in about 1,600 leagues, but he's also been dropped in almost 1,000 leagues just today. Why? I don't understand it. If you're holding on, and then today is the moment that you chose to drop him, I don't understand it. I really don't. He's somebody that I'd be adding up everywhere you can right now because I do think that he is going to turn it around with the Dodgers. Now, there was another trade uh, as well that the White Sox made. They sent Kendall Graveman to Houston. Kendall Graveman, uh, he was already not somebody that had that much fantasy appeal for me. He was getting saves here and there, I guess. He had eight this year, but you know, over the last month, we're looking at a 591 ERA, a 169 whip. Over the course of the season, he gave you some decent production. Eight saves, three victories. He struck out almost a batter per inning for the 44 innings he pitched. He had a 348 ERA, a 120 whip. It wasn't bad, uh, but if you're still holding on at this point, there is no path for him to have any fantasy value in Houston. Kendall Grayman is an auto drop if you were still holding on. You could have argued that he was a drop already before this because there was some relief pitcher value opening up in different places around the league. But now it's just, you know, guaranteed that there's not really any hope for Kendall Graveman uh, out there in Houston. He's probably going to be pitching in the sixth and the seventh inning kind of kind of situation for them. And he's not somebody that's going to have any kind of juice in that role. Now, there was another closer who was traded, and that was last night. It was David Robertson. David Robertson did go to the Miami Marlins, uh, and he will report to the team on Saturday, according to Craig Mish. Now, I would expect that he is going to get the lion's share of the closing opportunities. They're not exactly stacked with talent. There's a lot of names in that bullpen, but not a hell of a lot of talent uh, that we've seen. You know, A.J. Puck is okay. Tanner Scott is all right, I guess. And there's a couple of guys in that pen who are okay. But I think David Robertson is pretty clearly uh, the best arm out there. A.J. Puck, if you look at Fangraph's roster resource, he's a guy currently listed as the closer. They haven't really slotted in Robertson yet properly. He's just at the bottom of the list. He doesn't have a listed role yet, according to Fangraphs. But I think that he will be slotting into that closer role. Everybody else will probably slide down a spot. Puck, you know, set up kind of eighth inning kind of guy. Uh, same with Tanner Scott, seventh, eighth inning. I think that Robertson is the guy who will get the majority of the chances. He's the best arm in that bullpen. Now, I'd probably wait a couple days just to see how it all shakes out. If you're an A.J. Puck owner, I wouldn't be rushing to drop him. Because you never know how teams are actually going to you know, utilize new acquisitions. But it's not looking great. At this point, get ready. Like, have the finger over the trigger. Um, get ready to drop A.J. Puck. But I wouldn't be doing it just yet. I mean, I know it's been awful recently. Maybe they still give him another chance and just use Robertson to kind of supplement there in the middle, late innings. Uh, you know, use him as a 6th, 7th, 8th inning kind of guy. I do expect him to get the role, though. That's why he is the guy that I'm going to be aiming for. A.J. Puck's been dropped a lot. Uh, he's gone from 67 to 56% on Yahoo. He's been dropped 2,600 times just today, but I think it's a little premature. Let's just see how it all plays out. Again, I think it'll be David Robertson. Most people think it'll be David Robertson, but let's just give it a week, give it a few days, at least till the deadline passes, uh, just to see how they deal with their next few opportunities. Should they get a save over the weekend, how they'll deal with that. Uh, right now, Puck hasn't been used in a few days, so he is fresh. If they pass him up for the next save opportunity, especially once Robertson is there, then we kind of know. But I think that it would be wise to just give it a day or two just to kind of see uh, what the situation does end up being there. Let's talk Aaron Judge just a little bit. Aaron Judge is back tonight. Aaron Judge is going to be DHing tonight in his first game back, and he's going to be batting second here against Grayson Rodriguez and the Orioles. It's very good to have him back. If you guys were following along with that live draft I did a couple weeks ago, I was able to take Aaron Judge at pick 96. He kept falling and falling and falling. And if you were there watching or listening, 
every time he came up every single round, I was like, oh, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the round I take him. Maybe and I just kept pushing him back. But it got to a point once we got to the you know, close to pick 100, I believe it was 96 overall, where I did pull the trigger on him. I couldn't be happier in that particular league. Tons of value to be had in getting judged that late. Now, there's not really that much of a worry I have, but Judge did say that he is going to be not 100% until um, you know the offseason. There was some report, and I think it was underdog. I'm just going to double-check. I think it was underdog, but they said that um, the Yankees and uh, Orioles team was actually going to be delayed uh, due to bad weather. That's always fun, especially when you got those guys in DFS. Uh, that's always going to be fun. But there was a report that I saw uh, with Aaron Judge. Here it is. He's going to wear a protective item on his toe, and he won't be 100% until after the season. So I do think that we're probably not going to see too many more steals from Aaron Judge. We saw 16 last year. We saw three in 175 at-bats so far this season. I don't expect him to come back and steal many bases at all. Like Maybe he ends up with five. Even that, I would think the Yankees just say, you know what? Swing the bat. That's what you're here to do. You're a 60-plus home run potential guy when you're healthy. Uh, there's no need to try and just add a little bit of surplus value there by stealing bases when it's not really necessary for, for a guy like you. Now, the Yankees are trying to compete. If there's a spot where Aaron Judge feels that it will benefit the team to steal a base and he's feeling okay, then maybe he'll do it. But I think we have to keep our expectations in check from that point of view. Now, you also have to think maybe the power will be hindered a little bit uh, you know, with his toe. I believe this is his right toe, so the toe that he uses to like load up and you know build up that kind of momentum when he starts to swing. Maybe if he's not able to put as much pressure on that toe as he usually is, maybe that will alter his swing in some way. It's possible. I'm not expecting it, but it is a possibility that he might not be 100% right out of the gate. He might have come back a little bit sooner just because the Yankees are not exactly, you know, setting the world on fire right now. So there are a couple of interesting little concerns that I have with Aaron Judge, but at the end of the day, I still drafted him in that second half league. I still think that he's going to be, you know, a potential guy who's going to hit maybe 15 more home runs down the stretch. But there is definitely some risk to be had uh, with Aaron Judge. Now, can you make the argument that <clears throat> maybe you sell him off? Maybe you sell him off in these next couple days. Maybe he comes back and hits a home run tonight. Saw a lot of people projecting, you know, different betting people and different uh, people who use different algorithms to predict and project games and stuff. That Aaron Judge is a good bet for a home run tonight. If he comes back and he hits a home run tonight, I wouldn't be opposed to trying to sell him if the price is right. If somebody, <clears throat> and we're approaching fantasy trade deadlines too for a lot of leagues, I think. The Yahoo standard one is like August 11th or so. If Aaron Judge comes back and hits a home run tonight, or maybe it's tomorrow he hits a home run, whatever it is, assuming this game gets underground in Baltimore or wherever they are. I think they're in New York, actually. Uh, but assuming this game gets off the ground and then he hits a home run, they actually are in Baltimore. I wouldn't be opposed to trying to trade him if you can get back a top 20 or so player for him, a top 20 or so fantasy player for the rest of this season. If someone's going to offer you a Luis Robert, a Corbin Carroll, an Ozzie Albies, Anybody in that kind of vein for Aaron Judge, I would do it. I would do it just because you're not going to have to absorb that same kind of injury risk. Now, there's always injury risk with every player. You never know how healthy anybody's going to be, really. But I think there's a little bit of an added risk with Aaron Judge having just missed 40-plus games here. <clears throat> we don't know exactly what we're going to get, so there is some risk. If he comes back and sets the world on fire, or even if he doesn't, there might be a buying opportunity, or I should say a selling opportunity, because we just don't really know what he's going to be. As much as I think that he's still going to be fairly similar, 80%, 90% of what we usually see, I could be way off base and he might suck. And he might just not be there and he might have rushed himself back to try and help the team. So uh, you can see it from both sides. We have to kind of just see how it plays out. But as of right now, 
explore it. Explore the trade market if you're a team in need as well. Like, if you're a team that's way out in front and first in Roto or head-to-head or whatever, head-to-head, you might even advocate towards selling even more because <clears throat> you're not sure how many healthy at-bats you're going to have in September, especially if he is playing not at 100% right now. Playing those games is going to chip away at his healthiness. It's not going to add, you know, if he's not 100% right now, he's going to be closer to zero than 100 by the time the season ends. He's not going to, you know, get a little bit healthier, you'd assume, playing every day and working on it. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing what the market is uh, for Aaron Judge as of right now. Now, I do want to make one more point here. Uh, it's Hunjin Ryu. Now, this one is kind of interesting. Hunjin Ryu is going to be starting for the Blue Jays on Tuesday. Keegan Matheson reported this one earlier. He's going to start against the Orioles on the day of the trade deadline, one hour after the deadline has passed. Now, he's pitched well in his rehab assignment. And from what I'm reading, he doesn't isn't expected to be on a big pitch limit either. Now, I think that Hunjin Ryu is somebody that I wouldn't call him a must-add. I don't think that you could say he's a must-add at this point of the season. Maybe for some teams he is. Um, like in a 15-team format, I would go ahead and I would take the chance and I would probably add him. But anything shallower, I'm just not really sure what we're going to get coming off of Tommy John. Again, we've seen some brilliant seasons from Ryu where you could argue, you know, in the later part of the 2010s, he could have won a Cy Young or two. These last couple of years, especially last year before the injury, was not good. Now, you could argue, well, he was hurt. It wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. But even 2021... You know, he pitched to a 437 ERA. He was about a four, roughly around a four in terms of the pitching indicators. Not a huge strikeout guy. He relies on this control. Uh, so I'm really not sure exactly what to expect from Hanjin Ryu, but I do think that you can use an ad on him, and it's not going to hurt. Uh, I think at, you know, at this point of the game, you use an ad on Ryu. He's looked very good in his rehab starts, 245 ERA through his 11 innings. He's got a few, you know, decent number of strikeouts here through those 11 innings. It is 10, which, okay, it's not crazy. But for him, he's not a huge strikeout pitcher. You'll take it. The control has been there as well for Ryu uh, in those games. Fangraphs is kind of acting up right now. But he's only walked one batter in those 11 innings. So he's looked, he's looked pretty good. Uh, those are two AAA rehab starts. There was also one in, uh, I think it was low A that he had that didn't go as well. But I think he's ramping up, and I think there's a chance – that he has some value specifically in deeper leagues. Now, I'm not adding him in 10s or 12-teamers, but in those 15-team leagues, you know, an arm like Ryu, if he gets even close to back to the form that we saw a couple of years ago, he might end up being a standard league guy. I really don't really know what to expect. Coming off of Tommy John, usually you have three, four, five hundred 500 innings of good performance before your arm really has to worry about you know, falling off again. He's not a young guy either, Hanjin Ryu. He's 36 years old. So I'm not exactly sure how his body's going to react, and I'm not going to comp him to Verlander, but, you know, another old guy coming off of Tommy John. Can we see some kind of magic when it looked like maybe it was done? It's possible. Like, in those deeper formats, I'm going to take the chance. In a 12-team league, I'm going to give it a start or two before I'm really willing to add him, and I'm definitely not starting him in that first game against Baltimore because Baltimore is a team that can absolutely go off on you. We've seen that this year. I'm not going to chance it in his first start out. We don't, I don't think he's going to be on a huge pitch limit. But is he going to be able to go seven innings? Is he going to be able to throw more than 100 pitches? Probably not. So best case scenario, you're getting five or six innings. It's going to be a tough matchup. Not a lot of strikeouts are likely going to be incoming. I think we would just be smart to add him and leave him on the bench in a lot of cases. But I do think it is wise to just at least take a look at your pitching situation and see if there's a potential upgrade there. If you're throwing out somebody who is just bottom of the barrel or you're using a spot for streaming, then use that spot for streaming for Tuesday. I think it is a wise move just based on the track record. I know that recently it hasn't been as good, 
But there is still several, several years there of elite pitching where I believe he came second in Cy Young voting a couple times. At least once he did. I believe it was to DeGrom. Um, and then the other year, I think he was maybe third. But we've seen some brilliant years from him. He's a 327 career ERA through 175 starts. 174 starts, 175 appearances. But he has a very strong track record. And there's not that many guys at this point of the season where you even have that glimmer of hope for either a strong track record or you know a strong future based on how they performed in the minors. There's really not that much we have in terms of you know good ads at this point of the season. So I do think there's a potential for that with Hunjin Ryu. But I will leave you guys there. We'll be back here on Monday. We'll recap anything that happens over the weekend. Maybe there'll be some more trades. Likely there will be. There will be some probably news, hopefully, although it has been kind of a slow few weeks in general. I know there's been some trades recently. But in terms of the big fantasy news, it seems like it's been kind of a slow few weeks. So here's hoping for a busy weekend where we have a lot to recap on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we have a lot of fun. Again, go and check it out over on YouTube, over on sportsethos.com. You're going to find links. You're going to find it everywhere. So make sure you're checking out our live trade deadline show. That will be Tuesday, August the 1st from 1 to 6 p.m. We have a ton of people who are going to be coming on the show. I believe it's 20 or 21 as of now. A couple of maybes who are going to see if they can fit in their schedule because it is during the middle of the workday. Uh, and I am asking a lot of these people to come on during their workday, but we have a lot of great people who are going to be here with us. So make sure you're checking that out. You can go find the details at JoeOrico99 over on Twitter, at EthosFantasyBB. We will have it as well. And, of course, at SportsEthos.com. But, guys, until Monday, I hope you have a great weekend. Relax, enjoy, and we'll see you then. Take care.